today we have another episode, the 27th episode, and we have a special guest in the form of Andrew Floria. Andrew is a South Florida native and a Florida State University alum where he obtained two bachelor's degrees. Yes, two. One in computer systems and another in applied mathematics. This guy seems like a genius. While in undergrad, he took part in SEO, En-ROADS, Code 2040, and Harvard Summer Ventures and Management Program, SVMP, where him and I met. Andrew has a broad array of experiences in tech as a student via numerous internships and the creation of his own startup. Fast forwarding to today, he is now a part of Airbnb, where he brings to life new experiences as a software engineer. As a digital creator, he continues to be interested in building innovative products that resonate with users. So without further ado, please help me welcome to the show, Andrew Floriel. Are you cool to be here? Uh, I feel good, bro. I've been seeing the part, man. I feel I feel like it's an honor to be here, man. A lot of great people been on this, so I'm excited. We on fire? We on fire? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. So so I want us to to take it to the very beginning, right? How was right. it growing up in South Florida with immigrant parents, having that immigrant background, being Haitian? Sapa said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I was actually born in Haiti and I and I came to South Florida when I was three. Uh, and like, you know, I heard stories like the first day of school, I didn't speak any English. So I'm, I'm crying in school like, yo, where's my mom? But nobody understand what I'm saying because it's all in Cree, y'all. Um, and so just off rip, like, you know, uh, things was a little different for us. Um, it was just me, my mom, my brother and my sister. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, things were I would say things were hard, like pretty hard, because uh, I don't know if you guys uh, know about Broward County. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Broward County. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough out there. But um, I think one thing for me is like growing up, I kind of had a sense of like, OK, like we don't we don't got it like that. And so I was always just like a real simple dude. Didn't really ask for much. Just, you know, uh, kept my head uh, in the books. But like um, I would say that. Uh, for my uh for my mom throughout the whole thing her attitude was just like mad positive and i'm hearing stories about what it was like back home so it's like i got it good like comparing to what she's saying we got it good and so that just gave me a yeah a sense of gratefulness um and so yeah uh and like i didn't uh as far as like me as a kid growing up like from the get-go she was like education and so I couldn't leave the house. I was that computer kid in the house and, you know, I couldn't get a job. Every time I tried, she's like, nah, that's not you. You're going to be in the house. Just focus on education. That's that's what you're about. And so um, that's just been ingrained in me. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about myself growing up. Could, could you elaborate on that, brother, in the sense that every time I come across someone who's Haitian or has Haitian descent, like, you guys are very prideful. Like, you, you guys, like, like to brandish or, or or show off that culture, right? What does it mean to be Haitian? Um, and what are some differences that you've noticed when you were born in Haiti, lived out there for some time and then came out to the U.S. in Florida? Yeah, so I don't remember too much about Haiti. I was like three when I came here, so very like, uh, like the memories aren't like visual. They're like more like feelings. But um, uh, when I came out here, uh, like you said, like the, the Haitian people here are super proud. And so like from the get go, I already kind of knew like, oh, the community I'm part of is different because it's always like promoted. Like, yo, you Haitian, like the way you you know stand up, the way you carry yourself, um, the way you come into the world uh, has to be correct. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, so yeah, I don't have too many uh, kind of ideas of what it was like outside of the stories that I've been told. And um yeah, you know, stories of like gotta walk miles to get some water in the morning to take a shower or like um, 
just the everyday conditions is like crazy. And you know, when I when I was in when I was growing up, uh, we was we was in West Side, and that was like pretty dangerous area at the time. Um, a lot of drug activities, a lot of uh, a lot of crime. Like my uncle died in our house, uh, and uh, off of like um, kind of that world. And so, um, just from very early age on, I realized like, yo, like I'm trying to be about something else. And so that's what it was like. Your mom has this vision, right? Has this vision for you and your future and is very much aware that education can be a pathway out, right? So when did yeah. you first get exposed to tech and then internalize that software engineering or rather a degree in computer science was going to be the path for you? Got you. So we we had our first computer at like, I probably was like eight or nine and some teacher, my brother's teacher uh, brought us, like came to our house and brought us like a Windows 95 computer, like some old, like, you know, like type where the screen load like this. And, it's like, and so I was on there like, cause I ain't really had nothing else to do. So I was just on there like, yo, what is this? Like, I start Googling stuff. What is RAM? What is hardware? Like, how does this work? And I really started diving into it when I was trying to play games on it. I was like, yo, this thing is mad slow. I'm trying to play some games. And so you got to start figuring it out. Like, how does this work? What type of games will run on this? And that was my first kind of exposure to tech. And then uh, in terms of when did I start getting into software engineering, uh, I would go to the library uh, because we didn't have like internet for like, like till I was in like high school or something. And so I would go to the library pretty often. And I remember one day I was at the library and I was like, yo, like, I'm just thinking about like, like Facebook and all that. I'm like, yo, this is like crazy. Who made this? And so I'm looking up people and I, and I see it's, uh, you know, I see it's Mark Zuckerberg. And then I, and then I started thinking like, yo, let me look up like the richest people in the world. And they're all in like pharma, the finance industry or tech. And I'm thinking to myself, um, okay, so this is what I need to do. I need to pick one of these. And so I picked tech and I was like, I'm finna go, I'm finna rock with that. And in terms of computer science, um, so I was already really into computers. And so in high school, we had AP computer science program. Um, and I was just signing up for any tech class they had. I really didn't even know what computer science was at the time. Um, and so, yeah, and so I joined and uh, I wouldn't say I did any real serious programming until like, 12th grade. And even then compared to what I'm doing now, I'm thinking back, it was just like child's play, but it got me like into, uh, like into the field, knowing about it. And then from taking those classes, like, all right, this is what I'm going to major in. Um, I did major in, uh, economics too, cause I always wanted to start something eventually. And so I figured, let me have the tech and the business knowledge. I, and through my time in college, uh, I ultimately decided on computer science and uh, mathematics because I, like, as I was looking at the tech industry, machine learning seemed to be a pretty big thing at the time. And I figured those would be the best majors to kind of um, put me in the right position. Stopping right there for a moment and thinking about that connection, how do you feel like that background in economics, that business sense has allowed you to become a better engineer within these commercial settings? Gotcha. Or dev rather. So Right. Got you. Yeah. So uh, outright, my first internships was in the financial industry. And I think that they were just really impressed that like, um, like that I had a computer science and finance degree. Uh, so at the time I was pursuing first computer science and economics, then I switched it to uh, computer science and finance, and then ultimately landed on computer science and applied math. Um, and during that time, uh, they just saw like on my resume that I was doing both. And uh, I guess from where I, uh, from my school, I was like really rare. And so that just made me stand out as a candidate and gave me kind of my first shot. Um, yeah. Uh, and then because I had like a business sense of I want to make something, I want to start something. I was always starting things on the side. So I always had projects and, and cool things on my resume that um, that they were interested in. Now, we had we have had various conversations offline about how your journey wasn't easy. Right. You talked about. We talked about so much, but anything from you being a, a comp side major, right? Um, mm -hmm. You having rigorous courses, but also you living it up. I mean, you you were just <laughs> wilding out. 
You 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 were on the verge of flunking school. You partied yeah. your life away. How were you yeah. able to turn that around and bounce back? Because so many people that and and these are stories that people often don't hear about and they often don't talk about even on a podcast. So right. how was it bouncing back? Because many people don't bounce back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what was that switch that you had to turn on mentally? Like, all right, cool, I got to get it together. And then Sean successfully come out, out out of this whole situation on top. How was that experience like? Got you. So coming out of high school, um, I didn't like uh, have my first drink until like prom. And so like that's when I kind of like and, you know, uh, during prom, everybody go hang out and this and that. That's when I had like my first kind of taste of like, yo, this is. I'm out here. We partying. It's lit. It's dope. And so I was like, oh, this is cool. So I was like, when I went to college, I was like, I want to experience that some more. And so my thought was like, yo, like for the first year or so, you know, it's easy classes or I love, you know, at least that's what I was thinking. And I'm, and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to chill. I'm going to have a good time. And then when it, when, when it gets serious, I'm going to turn up and it's, it's going to be all good. It didn't work out as planned, obviously. Um, so first semester, I ended up getting like a 0.6, um, I remember like going through the going through the semester. I'm like, I'm not worried about nothing. I'm chilling. I'm like, yo, everything is good. Because uh, most of the grades wasn't put in until like the very end of the semester. And so to me, I look at the grade book. I'm like, okay, now nah, like, you know, just doing some quick math. I'm like, we good. Like, ain't nothing to worry about. But when the report card came out, we saw F, 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 D, and a C. And I'm like, oh my, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm shocked. And so I'm like, damn, how did this happen? And I'm thinking back to semester. I'm like, yo, every day, like, there was never a day where I was like, yo, like, uh, I got that assignment due or like, yo, like I got that test next week. I was just thinking like, yo, what's the move today? Like, yo, where y'all at? Like, what's good? Like, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm trying to see what's up. <laughs> and so, um, and so, yeah, like after that semester ended, uh, they sent a letter home uh, to my parents. And I also got an email saying like, yo, like, you know, uh, you're on academic probation. You got next semester to change. You need a three point this and that to stay. Uh, and if you don't, like you pretty much getting kicked out of Florida State. And that's when it really got real for me. Um, and I feel like I naturally work better under pressure obviously nobody wants that kind of pressure because um yeah like it's just such a big kind of like because if I got kicked out like my whole life would be different right now um and so when I got that email I got really worried because like that's when reality hit me like yo I'm from Pompano I'm from the hood like I'm going back to nothing like if I fail again and so um that really like when I started thinking about the idea of me going back home having failed college it really just like uh made me scared really I was just scared to be a normal like just person like working because I've seen how hard my mom worked every day like morning night morning to night and so just the thought of like yo like I was given this opportunity and like squandered it kind of just put me in a different mind space immediately like like just a uh, uh, just a shock right back into like reality. And so um, in terms of how I turned it around, so um, I literally like cut off everybody, everything. Like I didn't do nothing for fun. It was home, sleep, library, uh, class. Um, yeah, bro, there was, there was uh, uh, like, it came to the point where I would wake up at like 5 a.m. And the first thought in my mind was, I need to go to the library and start studying because I'm scared. I'm just scared, bro. Like, it's just like a primal fear. And so, uh, like, you know, when a lot of people talk about like discipline, for me, it was just more like, um, that was the only thing I thought about. I didn't have to juggle. Oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to party. I'm trying to study. Only thing I thought about was like studying. And so, um, so I did that for like the first semester and, you know, made it through. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like that was the first semester where I ever got straight A's like since elementary school, like, cause you know, I, before I was doing, I was doing pretty well, but like, that was the first time where I seen like, yo, like I could be on a whole nother level if I just changed the way I think. And, um, and yeah. And so, 
it's kind of interesting because uh, uh, after that, then I became like, there were a lot of different other transformations after that. Um, and so we, we can get into that. But yeah, that was kind of like first semester, how I, I, I switched it around. And um, yeah, if you want me to dive more into it, I can. But uh, at a high level, that's just what I did. Like it was just, it really was just the fear pushing me to uh, like, do the things that normal people wouldn't do. So one example is like, you know, when you, when you studying for something, I feel like a lot of people, when they get to a question that's a little too hard, you think, oh, not, that might be on the test. And so you kind of just like chill, whatnot. For me, if I saw a question I couldn't answer, it made me like feel a type. I was, I was upset. I was like, yo, like, why can't I get this? Like, yo, this is, everything was like do or die. It felt like. And, uh, Following up on that, right? Because you, you kind of was like the the party guy. You you would, as we spoke, you felt like you was the man on campus. But but to a certain degree, you were the man because you found out <laughs> a way to monetize from this, right? You were a founder yeah. in college, and yeah. it was a party startup. Dive mm-hmm. into that. How were you able okay, to yeah. just say, "All right, cool, I'm gonna." I'm gonna profit off this. I'm I'm definitely gonna make this happen. And and from what I know, you used to throw parties back then. So so let's yeah. get into that. So yeah, so after I got out of that, um, then I went to like full hermit mode. And then like after I got out of the bad semester, full hermit mode, and then I got all my grades together. But at some point you got like mad free time. Like I'm not so scared anymore. Like everything is kind of like set. I'm Gucci. So I'm trying to think, okay, like what can I what can I do um, just with my spare time? So then I turned into like the gym guys. So I was in like in the gym 24 um, seven. And then after that, like uh, I got my first internship at Lockheed Martin and I was like, Oh, I got money now. Okay. And so let me, let oh, me he got, oh, 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 he got, he got his weight up. He got his, he got his weight up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, and I'm studying finance at the time. And I'm thinking to myself, yo, like I'm doing like a lot of computer science stuff. Yeah. I got the book, like in terms of like computer science, I got the book smarts, but I'm not really making anything. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, but I'm still not like technically skilled enough to make a really big project. So I'm just thinking to myself one day, like, yo, I'm trying to leverage like my finance background. Like, like I'm trying to like make something. I'm thinking to myself, like what, like, what, what am I good at? What do I know? And what is always in demand here? Those were the thoughts I had in my head at the time. And I was like, yo, like, partying, like, people never get enough, uh, like, partying. Because in college, um, going to a house party is, is, is real cool, but, like, it's not that many. It's limited. And so a lot of people end up going to the club. But I'm like, if everybody prefer house parties, but it's not enough, then if I just make a bunch then, you know, that's easily, uh, like, uh, monetizable. And so and that's what I did. So I said, you know, let me throw some parties. And I had, you know, I had to start up capital off of my uh, uh, internship to make it happen. And so, uh, yeah, so I was like, all right, like, I don't know that many people now because I'm a hermit. And so, like, like all the connections I had is not really there. So I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, what do I need to do? And so there was a few friends that I had where they knew everybody. And so I put together, like, you know, four or five people. And I was like, you know, I just pitched them an idea and I'm like, yo, this is what we're going to do. We call it Project Entourage. And uh, yeah, from there, it was just uh, like, um, that's how I got started. And like when I first started, I was mad nervous. Like before the first party, because like in that type of, like in that type of um, uh, business or whatever, you have to like exude confidence so to everybody else, I'm like, yo, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be lit. Don't even worry. We got everything like, but to myself, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm like, yo, what if nobody come? Like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, yeah, ended up working out really well. We threw uh, maybe four five, six parties. Um, and at the time I did like, I was like real strict about the numbers because everybody was trying to be like, yo, don't even matter. Let's to get the I'm like nah like where can we get like I'm I'm uh I'm I'm thinking about like everything we need to purchase I'm thinking about like what the cost is per person how much profit we expect to make per person I'm trying to bring the numbers down I'm trying to think like uh what's the right location all the other kind of things and ultimately you know we we, we ended up having parties where we had like a, a security guard at the front door bartender 
there was one party where we had three DJs, one in this room, one in that room, one upstairs. It was, yeah, so it was dope, man. It was, it was, it was really fun. And a lot of people were surprised that like, you know, uh, you know, just some computer science kids just starting these parties. And that was part of it too. Cause I was like, I hate feeling boxed. I hate feeling like people know, think they know me off of like outside stuff. And so if I could just do something that makes you just rethink who I am, that's, that's what I'm into. Coming from experiences like these where you're able to create something from nothing, how does that then translate into programs like Code 2040 and DevColor and what impacts did they have on the next stage of your journey? And and, yeah. and, and and following up on that, could you explain what Code 2040 and DevColor is to the audience? Yeah, sure thing. So Code 2040 is uh, it's like a, a talent acquisition network where they take in uh, talented uh, black and brown uh, engineers and help them secure a role uh, at uh, some of these big companies. And so there's, there's an initial kind of like test you take in terms of like um, coding, uh, putting your resume together, um, answering some questions. And then once you kind of get in, then they have industry partners where like they say, okay, here's this vetted person uh, with this set of experiences, you know, uh, um, interview them. And so um, that's, that's what Code uh, 2040 is, DevColor is more of a, a black engineer professional network. And so it's for engineers who currently are working in certain cities with uh, who are doing engineering at a company. And it's a way to just get together, connect. It's for both engineering managers as well as engineers um, to kind of like uh, have a, a collective to figure out how to progress their career. Um, and to your question, Steph, um, uh, can, yeah, can you repeat the question? Yeah, no problem at all. So essentially what I was saying was how did that experience lead up into, you know, Dev Color Code right. Twenty Forty, and what impacts did they have on the next step of your journey? Got you. So once I got to a point of like, you know, I threw these parties, I made the, I made this money. I'm thinking to myself, like, is this who I am? Because mm -hmm. now I'm around a certain set of people who just want to party, who just want to. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, like, um, if I project this out into the future, that's not really the person I'm trying to be. So, like, where am I, where am I trying to go? And so um, that's when I started being more intentional about, like, the people that I'm bringing around me. And so uh, I had a friend um, whose older brother was in um, SEO, and that was the first program I was in. And he was doing, like, really well. He had a really great corporate job. And, like, uh, and his auntie used to actually, um, so my best friends, his family is like my kind of like extended family. Like I'm really close with them. And so the auntie's like calling me every day, like telling me like, yo, you need to do this program, you need to do this program. Um, and so when I eventually uh, got in and tried it, I was like, wow, like, yo, that's a amazing uh, network of like super talented, like peers that I just wasn't used to. Cause fundamentally Florida State is a party school. Um, and so I just wasn't used to that level of like excellence. And so once I was in there, I felt at home. I was like, yo, these people think the way I think they want the things I want. Um, and then, uh, and then after SEO, then I did inroads, um, and then, uh, code 2040, just mm -hmm. with that same mindset of like, yo, I'm trying to find the people who are, uh, who are like me. And so for, for code 2040, I actually found out that program through another friend I met in New York. He was doing software engineering at the time, and he was one of the brightest software engineers I ever met. Um, and he told me about Code 2040. And yeah, and uh, it turned out being one of the, the most transformational programs I've been in because I feel like they don't only teach you about the tech, they also teach you about the history of like Black people. It's the first time I learned about a lot of events um, uh, uh, related, to, related to Black people. And it kind of even changed my perception of myself in terms of just being more proud and being more... Uh, aware of like the excellence um, that we can have. So this year was the level up for you, so to speak, right? Um, and you were able to secure five offers from five major tech players, including Twitter, Affirm, Square, Lyft, and Airbnb. After being denied for a role at Facebook, three months earlier. 
what was that mm -hmm. process you went through uh, to reach that plight of success? And how did it relate to understanding your values, skills, and ambitions? Like, like walk us through that mentality and, and congrats, by the way, because this is nothing to scoff at <laughs> at all. So I, I wanna, I, we would love to hear more. I appreciate that. And so I'm just gonna give a little bit of context. So like I said, like, I like doing things that like make me feel unboxed. Um, and so I actually applied to many, many things throughout my like college career and even after that have nothing to do with software engineering. I've, I've applied to like uh, venture firms. I've applied to um, like uh, to be a product manager. I've applied to be like a lot of things that I just felt would help me grow my skills in general. And so after doing all that, um, you know, I was always going from zero to one. Like, I don't know anything about this, but I got an interview. Let me learn as quickly as possible. Let me learn as much as possible. And uh and but it always seemed like I was kind of getting edged out by people with more experience or who've been doing it longer. And so I kind of sat down. I'm like, let me think about this. Like, like, why am I doing this? Is it the ego thing? Am I just, you know, like, um, am I doing this because I truly believe that this is the, the, the value that I have to provide to the world? Or am I doing it for some ulterior motives? And the more I thought about it, I was like, yo, like software engineering is what I love. And uh, it's what I've been doing for a while. And uh, if I'm gonna have like breakout success, this is where it would be. And I always knew that, but I, I thought to myself that like, um, before I really dive into that, let me try something else just so I don't have just the image of software engineer. I want people to see me as like a builder, a business person. Um, but yeah, like after getting the rejection from Facebook for RPM, um, I thought to myself, I was like, yo, like I actually, like I reached out to a few uh, product managers and I asked them what their everyday job was like. And what they described to me uh, wasn't necessarily like what I was into, like a lot of meetings, a lot of kind of trying to figure out how to bring people um, together. And I'm just more naturally introverted. And so, um, and so going into this next phase I didn't get Facebook RPM. I think to myself, I can keep on like um, doing these things, but after self-reflection. Andrew, so uh, can you just explain what RPM, what that acronym stands for? Yeah, definitely. So rotational uh, program manager. And so uh, in other companies, it's called associate program manager, uh, sorry, uh, product manager. And what it is, it's like, uh, it's for people who are really early in their PM career. It's kind of like a training uh, type of thing. You are a product manager, but like you're just you you you're treated um, uh, as someone who's early in their career. You got a lot of uh, rotations where you go from one team to the other team, learning as much as possible. Yeah, and so and so yeah, I was like, yo, like this is you know this is what I'm good at. So I I went in thinking to myself, I've already kind of like. Uh, failed <laughs> at trying all these different kind of things, but if there's anything I'm good at, this is it. So I'm, I'm going in the field and I'm going to see what's up. And so my whole kind of mindset behind it was like, um, kind of like I'm coming for everything. Like if I'm going to do this, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it to the highest level. And so, um, and so, yeah, that was kind of my mindset behind that. And also I had friends here in the Bay area who are software engineers and I saw them switch from this com uh, company X to company Y and make X amount more. I'm like, I didn't even know that was possible. Like this, the, the amount of money that I'm seeing is like mind blowing. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm fully aware that I, you know, I got the skill to do it. And so, yeah, I just, I just, um, uh, put together a plan, um, like, uh, uh, I wrote down on the dock all the things I needed to learn, all the companies that, you know, I wanted to work at that um, kind of aligned with my values, my vision. And, um, and yeah, it worked out for me. Yeah. And I, we also didn't uh, get a chance to ask you this, right, in terms of um, the transitioning. Right. So, like, it, it, here you are as, as a Florida guy, you, you come down and you intern in New York. Right. And then you're like, all right, cool. Now I got to take the, the next step. Now I got to go to San Fran. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure you, you are also seeing the buzz 
of the quote unquote tech hub in Miami, um, Florida. Uh, so, so talk about the transitioning, what it, what it was like, um, and, and what are some of the differences in culture? Got you. So, uh, when I grew up in Florida, uh, the tech scene didn't really exist. Like, um, when I was in Tallahassee, I remember like I went to, I, I was just like really curious and really wanted to get more into tech. And so I was like Googling like uh, like tech hubs in, in, in Tallahassee, which was, you know, like the capital of Florida. So I figured there must be something here. And it was like this mini WeWork with like two companies building really old stuff. And I was kind of shocked because I'm, I'm reading, you know, I'm following tech. I'm reading about these, uh, these new companies that are like breakout successes, raising millions, being valued at billions. And I'm like, this is what we got in Florida. Like, this is crazy. So my plan was always to come to SF eventually. Um, New York, um, I really enjoyed New York. And so when I was more kind of like interested in finance, so at one point I figured like, you know, what I was going to build in tech was going to be like uh, related to machine learning and trading. And that's something I was really interested, uh, really interested in. And, and, and that atmosphere is really perfect for that. Um, met really bright people in New York. A lot of my um, more finance IB friends were uh, in New York. Um, so I, I really enjoyed the culture and the lifestyle, but in terms of like, uh, like the startup scene, the tech scene, uh, all of my software engineering friends were here, all the kind of things I was reading about and like things that inspired me early on were here. And so I, uh, this was always the end uh, destination for me. Um, yeah, and, and in terms of like the whole Miami buzz right now, I, I came from Florida. I lived there for 24 years. I'm gonna have to see something more. Like, I don't like, I. <laughs> um, yeah, like, it's just not there. Like the culture is not there. Um, uh, you know, maybe it can turn into that, but uh, in the meantime, it, it's not. And so, uh, like even being here in, in SF, the random people you'll bump into could be a founder raising millions with like a like an ingenious idea and end up like you know putting you on game or collabing with you. Um, I've had instances where like you know, I I'm at a I'm at a social get together and it's just randomly some like really powerful people just chilling like it's it's like it's normal there's no sense of prestige it's it's just a bunch of people really bright trying to make things happen and open to um, any connections that uh that'll uh facilitate that and so that's what i really love about sf i feel it feels really open to me the pivot out there makes sense but why airbnb as opposed to square or firm which are more consumer oriented tech firms that happen to deal with finance, right? Like that, that would have seemingly played well with the finance background that you had, still allowed you to pivot into a new yeah. space, right? And get out that comfort zone. So so what really sealed the deal for you on Airbnb? You smiling, it's gotta be a good story. <laughs> so it's, a, it's I'm smiling because like, uh, because a lot of people, you know, it's the thing, they see me as a finance person or like a finance uh, industry, fintech type of guy. And that's exactly what I was trying to change. Like I was like, you know, from what I was mentioning before, I don't like, I feel like I don't like to be boxed. And that's part of the reason why I kind of like um, some of the artists um, out here today, even though they're controversial, like like Kanye West, it's like you try to put him into box, like box him as a rapper, but now he's a fashion icon. And you try to box him as a fashion icon. Now he, you know, He's started like he's worth over a billion because of the other businesses he started and and whatnot. So for me, it was like I I honestly really hated the idea of being seen as a fintech person. And so I um and so the whole goal was for me to like get into a big consumer tech company and kind of change the image of who I am because I, I didn't want to feel like, oh, he's like he specializes in just this. I wanted to feel like whatever like he wants to do, um, like, you know, he'll put in the work. And, and that was for more like a future branding type of thing. So when other opportunities come, like, I'm not just like, like boxing to these set. I want to be, I want all of it to be available. But aside from that, though, it was also some self-reflection because all throughout college, all throughout uh, some of my earlier years, a lot of the things that I've been building, like side projects and whatnot, were all consumer facing. Um, and so why specifically Airbnb? 
um, is because I really believe um, in their in their like company culture and mission. They're really about connection and belonging, and I think that that's something that uh, the tech industry as a whole kind of overlooks. You know, I see a lot of companies that are uh, like even social media companies that like although they promote bringing people closer together, I've seen a lot of the negative effects of that. Um, social media has like galvanized people to one side or the other where like back then people were more flexible in their views, but now they're really ardent in this way or that way. And I feel like it's created like just this like kind of toxic culture where like this side won't even listen to what this side is talking about. Um, and so you could have good points lost over here, good points lost over there. And it just, uh, I just started to see tech over time start to create like this environment. That was like really harmful. And I felt like Airbnb was one of those companies where like, you open your home to someone and now all of a sudden there's this connection you share with this stranger on a real human intimate level. Um, and I really love that. And, uh, um, and yeah, like it was, it was something that inspired me. And so I wanted to join the company so I could just learn more about how they operate, um, and just be a part of that culture, um, and contribute. You dive a bit deeper into your role at Airbnb and what are you mainly responsible for at the company? I know, I know you're very yeah, sure. early. You just got the offer. You, you fresh out, but could you, <laughs> could you talk uh, a bit about that? Yeah, definitely. I don't think I can go into specifics because we're, it's a, it's a, it's a relatively new project, but uh, my, my role as a whole is I work as a full stack engineer and I work um, on behalf of the hosts at Airbnb. And so, yeah, as you mentioned, it's super early. So a lot of what I've been doing is kind of ramping up and learning. Um, but uh yeah, like, uh, so I do everything from the, the, the front end to uh, the back end. Um, and when I joined, I joined as a generalist. And so generalists are just supposed to be like um, really sharp software engineers that can be super flexible and just get done what's needed. This is something that you alluded to earlier in the podcast, that personal projects can be very fulfilling. They allow you to grow and they give you the opportunity to explore avenues that maybe you're not going to be able to do in your day-to-day. -day. Do you feel like you still have the opportunity to get involved with personal projects, or do you flex those muscles now by taking part in company-sponsored hackathons? Got you. Um, so I have I have uh, done like hackathons and, and, and whatnot um, when I was like an intern. But now more is full time. It's kind of like there's always kind of predefined, clear things to, to do at work. Uh, that being said, I feel like uh, the tech industry is really good about giving people the ability to work on on, on things that they uh, that they love outside of work. And so, you know, when I joined Airbnb, uh, there were a good amount of people who had like a wide set of hobbies. You know, someone came in saying like, you know, like during orientation, like, yo, I'm really happy to join. And, you know, fun fact, I'm building a game on the side and no, no one has a problem with that kind of thing. And so I feel like tech gives you um, that opportunity to uh, explore other things. And I think part of that is because anything that you go and learn off to the side on your own is something that you can bring to the company in terms of knowledge. Um, and so I think they're really flexible in that sense. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Now this is the question that, People are always gonna ask, friends ask each other this all the time, especially if you're in these corporate spaces. So what is next up for Andrew, right? Um, given your experiences at SVMP, is B-School an option? Will you continue to build products and, and figure out another path? Like, like what's what's going on here? I mean, Steph and I wrestle with this idea all the time. Like, ah, B school, ah, B school, OGRE, GMAT. What is what is your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'm generally very impatient. Like, I'm trying to get to wherever I'm trying to get as fast as possible. And so I actually did a master's in computer science for a little bit at Georgia Tech like online. And then the first class I took, I'm like, yo, why am I back in school right now? <laughs> like, why did I do this to myself? Like, I'm not trying to turn nothing in for a grade. That's like, it was just so different from where my current mindset was. It's like, yo, I'm trying to build something right now that people are going to use. That's it's going to go somewhere. And even if it doesn't go anywhere, I want to build on my terms in sense of like, if there's a problem that I see exists in the world, 
I want to go and build that. I don't want to build because uh, it's an assignment and I'm stressed and I got to turn it in by Sunday. Like there's a time for that. Like when there's a period of your life where you feel like exploratory and you want to learn and you want to grow, that's perfect for that. But for me, I was in an execution type of phase where like, yo, I've learned a lot. I'm ready to use it. I'm ready to make something. In terms of business school, um, that is a question that I've had. Um, And I think of it like, you know, I always think in the terms of my ultimate goal and what steps or moves I feel like are going to get me there. And so being a founder, um, as ironic as it is, when you get into the Bay Area, like uh, MBAs are not regarded as highly as people who are just uh, engineers in some of these top companies or or the startups or even or even um, are not like there's a certain stigma that they receive. Um, and so it's not like it's a obvious move that if I go get MBA that that will um, pro- progress what I'm trying to do, which is eventually start a company. Um, that being said, uh, I do think that there are a lot of really great founders that came from MBAs. And so if if I saw in myself that, hey, like I started these projects and the main thing I'm missing is the business acumen, is the network, is the connection, is the clout, or is the name brand, then, then it would be a clear choice that actually, yeah, I need to go to business school. Um, but I feel like a lot of that learning that you can receive at business school uh, is more around management, where it's like, startup and entrepreneurship can be different. And so, um, yeah, like where I am right now, I'm just trying to build, I'm trying to make stuff. I'm trying to put it out, trying to get people to use it. But in the future, two, three, four, five, uh, you know, maybe even 10 years from now, if I'm in a position where I'm like, okay, like what I did before wasn't working. Here's this avenue that's going to kind of hit the reset button for me in terms of the way I think and the opportunities that I'm granted. Then, then yeah, I'd consider be school. Completely fair. Completely fair. And now we're at the final question on the pod. And here at Dream Shakers, we're all about paying it forward. So, what are three pieces of advice that you would give your younger self? Got you. Um, so, uh, one is be intentional, clear, and focused from the get-go. Um, and like growing up, I feel like the things that guided me to success were um, were things that I weren't completely aware of. I started to get to know myself later on. And so as an example, I realized that in high school, the reason I did well was not because I wanted to be a good student or I wanted good grades. It was just because I was competitive. I like to uh, I like to outwork people. I like to get a higher grade. It was just kind of like in my nature as part of like why I really like like video games back then. And so when I started thinking about all these things, I realized that if I had noticed that earlier on, I could have shift. I could have used it um, um, to like uh, make necessary changes to like progress myself further faster. So the first one is just be way more reflective be intentional about like what you're doing, why you're doing it, what are your motivations? Um, the second thing is um, don't waste time. So, you know, and now that I say it, I'm also kind of like realizing that like some of the times where I felt like I was wasting time actually gave me experiences that changed my mindset. And so, for example, you know, uh, after having thrown these parties and after having been to all our parties, I've reached a point where I'm good. Like if someone tells me, yo, this is great, I'm good. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to go home. <laughs> I'm trying to go see my fiance watch a movie. I'm straight, bro. That's, you know? And so part of it is like, um, go explore, experiment, try things. But, uh, when you're when you're when you're done and you reach the point where like you know what you want and it's clear what you want, uh, just don't waste time. Get on it. And so for me, that would have been like um, earlier on. If I knew I wanted to start something and I knew I wanted it to be tech, I really should have just been building uh, things since freshman year. Even if I had no idea what I was doing actively building it would have given me so much more knowledge. I picked up a lot of knowledge over time, but like, like just thinking to myself, don't waste time, get on it, start now and struggle. I would have learned so much faster. Uh, and I think the last thing I would tell myself, um, 
let me see. So, uh, so throughout my life, I've always been trying to, I've always had personal mantras. Um, and I think that maybe what I would have done in the differently is share them because then, then, uh, I could have, uh, uh, then I could have gotten kind of uh, feedback and input from other people. So for example, growing up, I had this mantra, um, I rather fail than quit. And so for me, that was a way to like, not, uh, not run cause you're scared. And so there's certain opportunities that come up and you, and you're halfway in it and you think to yourself like, yo, like, what did I do this for? Like, this is kind of crazy or like, this is way beyond like, like what I can do or whatnot. Like you start to doubt yourself once you're in it. And so for me to avoid, like to avoid losing out on opportunities because of fear, I rather actively fail at it, like receive that bad grade or receive that rejection than walk away not knowing because uh, that is where you learn the most lessons if you fail, there's a clear reason why you failed and it'll be reported you know, when that time comes. If you didn't do well, there's a clear reason why you didn't do well. But if you walk away halfway, you don't know if you were doing great or if you were doing poorly or like what was going on. So I feel like I could have been way more collaborative growing up and I could have shared those mantras with other people and I could have learned from them too. Um, I just was like a lone wolf for a long time. Um, and if I, if I was more collaborative, more open, uh, I think that would have helped my career. And so yeah, so that, that that would be the last thing I would tell myself. The first one is be more reflective. The second one is be more collaborative. Um, and uh, and yeah, and, and the third one is don't waste time. Once you know what you want to do, you know where you're going, just be about it, jump in. And if it's you know hard, get help. A lot of gems, a lot of jewels being thrown on this episode, man. You 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 on fire. <laughs> I'd rather I fail than quit. That that, that blew me away. But we appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for being on the pod. This was amazing. We had fun. You know, we laughed, we cried. We shared moments together. We we did it all, man. And we, we would love to have you on future episodes moving forward. But definitely appreciate you, King. Definitely appreciate y'all, too. Definitely did your research. This was This was fun. It was great getting to know you guys. Thank you. Another great conversation for the history books. I greatly appreciated Andrew dropping by and sharing his perspective on finding your path, defying labels, and the importance of practically applying the skills one gains through education. How do you feel about this interview, George? I'm in full agreement. Andrew dropped gems. He gave us a whole perspective on what it means to to be resilient and bounce back even when people kind of count you out. And so the fact that he was able to figure out a way to navigate through the tech space and still uh, persevere, become a founder, and then find his way all the way to Airbnb is pretty remarkable. So congrats to you, Andrew. Thank you for stopping by, brother. And looking forward to connecting with you on many more occasions. And with that, we're gonna go ahead and transition into the level up. So here's where we provide you, our audience, with three opportunities, that's right, three opportunities to gain entrance into the field of technology such that you can create your own path and define your own journey. So first up, we have an advertising sales ops intern at the New York Times. The New York Times is seeking an inventive and motivated intern to join the sales operations team. In this role, you will work with the sales operation team's partners in various areas, creating efficiencies, which ultimately support the department's sales efforts. Over the course of the summer, you will aid in project management and quality control of some of the time's most important initiatives, including audio, team communications, sales training, and more. Understand the publication's audio and event opportunities vis-a-vis -vis the competitive market and provide ideas for market research and lead gathering and assist in building out databases. You are fit for this role 
If you are excited about understanding the inner workings behind a sales organization, you meticulously check facts and are able to manage several projects simultaneously. And finally, you are a strong writer who is detail-oriented and understands how to incorporate strategic positioning into your writing. The internship will be remote. Next up, we have a retail operations intern at Lucid. And this is Lucid Motors, the EV company. Lucid is currently seeking intern retail operations for this fall. The position requires a professional with an interest in project management, merchandising, operations, and e-commerce. Their ideal candidate exhibits a can-do attitude and approaches his or her work with vigor and determination. Candidates will be expected to demonstrate excellence in their respective fields, to possess the ability to learn quickly, and to strive for perfection within a fast-paced environment. Over the course of the summer, you will support retail operations in areas that may include new store openings, facilities, merchandising, e-commerce, lease administration, supply management, and general ops. Build the retail ops playbook for all field employees and interact with sales and store management, retail development, and procurement teams. You are fit for this role if you have previous retail management experience, you have experience working with Microsoft Office Suite, and finally, you are a systems-oriented individual, meaning you're always thinking of how to improve processes to make the team even more efficient. The internship will be based out of Newark, California. Finally, we have a talent advisory intern at Oracle. Oracle has a unique opportunity for a current college student to do a 2021 summer internship with the North America Talent Advisory Team. This team is responsible for all of professional recruiting across Oracle in North America. As an intern, you will be part of the sourcing team and you will work alongside the sourcing team to learn more about talent acquisition and HR. Over the course of the summer, you will work with talent advisors, hiring managers, and other stakeholders to understand recruiting needs and candidate profiles. Create and execute sourcing strategies to identify quality candidates at scale and understand the competitive ecosystem and talent profiles and be able to adjust and creatively source the required talent for Oracle. You are fit for this role if you are pursuing an HR degree or certification, you are motivated by an intellectually stimulating recruitment environment, and finally, you have excellent communication and organization skills. This internship will be remote. Now, those are all of the opportunities I have for this week. I'm gonna hand it over to George so he can close this out. Thanks for those opportunities, Steph. As you know, we're gonna keep bringing a fire. We're gonna keep letting you know the opportunities that are out there and that are available for you to go after and take advantage. Thank you again continuously tune in and we'll catch you all next week. Later.